friends, it's Trevor, it's Avery, it's Pat, it's the Citywide Special. Spring training is in full swing with the Phillies playing their first handful of games. The Phillies have reportedly extended an offer to Jordan Montgomery. Could the free agent pitcher land with the Fightins? The Flyers suffer a tough weekend with back-to-back losses against the Rangers and Penguins. Cal Peterson is waived after a dreadful performance on Sunday. Jamie Drysdale goes down with an injury, while Travis Konechny remains out of the lineup. Can the depleted Flyers hang on to a playoff spot? Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman speak to the media at the NFL Combine. A.J. Brown calls into WIP. What do Nick and Howie's comments say about who might be staying and going? The Sixers beat the Cavs on Friday, but drop games against the Bucks and Celtics. The team is hopeful Joel Embiid can make a return in late March. And just how bad is Tobias Harris? The Union advance in the CONCACAF Champions Cup and draw in their home opener versus Chicago with a dramatic last-minute equalizer. All that more coming up right now. How's it going, fellas? Pretty good. Damp, but warm. It's nice out, which is a welcomed feeling in February, but uh, shit down as usually on the day of the pod. Um, but all in all, pretty good. First full week back, I feel like getting into a groove again, had a nice little weekend, so feeling pretty good. Obviously, the sports aren't making me feel any better in Philadelphia, but other than that, can't complain. Yeah, things are all right. Yo, did you say anything about the Flyers in the Open? You didn't. Yeah, I did. They did. Oh, okay. You, 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 you blacked out. out. I was <laughs> paying attention. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was getting my articles pulled up, getting ready for the pod. Okay, my bad. I got this new phone, you know what I'm saying? I'm so distracted. Oh, uh, yeah. Just... Too. After it's mesmerized by yeah, the technology, after nine or ten long years, he's actually been using a flip phone for the past fifteen years. <laughs> Shit, I I it came with some strings. I might as well have been in the last few months with my Android. It was from like twenty nineteen. It would just randomly turn off on its own. Mm-hmm. I'd go to charge yeah. it, just turn off. It would yeah. just freeze. Here's how bad it got. Right, I was walking down the street, plugged in my earbuds, tried to listen to some music. The phone just crashed and it wouldn't reboot for like three hours. Damn. Damn. Yeah, yeah. It was telling I mean, you it put now me that, out. I mean, yeah, now that phones are just computers, they yeah. have the same, you know, they just kind of wear, somehow they just wear out. I never understood why electronics just kind of wear, like what's go, what is happening in there? Why does it slow down? Why? I, my like, I've always had my like weird conspiracy thing is that there's just like a, you know, like a hidden program and bed and all mm-hmm. these things where it just automatically like forces it to slow down and stop it's working a after age. a few years for sure yeah, that's that's the objective they your want phone, you to buy a new one your phone exactly. pulled mitch mcconnell said i gotta go his hand started turning blue oh, he said i gotta retire your phone said i can't play music anymore like, yep, my, my phone like, did the same thing it yeah. froze up just like him like shit a said, turtle she said i'm not a young man anymore i gotta yeah, i gotta shut this shit down mitch mcconnell gonna retire finally piece of shit we're yeah. not gonna get to see any of his uh his uh, K hole moments, or well, he's here. he's still <laughs> it looks around. Like he's like on salvia or something. <laughs> he's still around till November, so he, yeah. we won't see him gone. He still has enough time to do some damage, but he's yeah. So I, I guess all sad. What is it? There's like then there'll be like some kind of special election to fill the hole or something. Maybe. Well, he won't yeah. run. No, I think they should be able to. Well, I don't know what's up. Yeah, for I guess this it's year's an election, election year. He could be, yeah, he could just I don't not... know if his seat is, but like someone well, will have to. Well, yeah, they'll just have an election the, for yeah, a seat. Yeah, they'll create an election for a seat even yeah, if it's yeah, not yeah, up. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so he's out. Fucking piece of shit. I mean, they'll probably just elect some other concretin conservative freak. Or evil version of him. It'll yeah. Just, yeah, it'll just be a, it'll be a version of him that's half his age and twice, somehow twice as evil. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike your new and improved phone, though. 
but yeah, yeah, the old well, phone. Yeah, right. back, yeah. baby. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's nice to have a new phone. Episode 51, the Carlos Ruiz episode, the Chooch episode. Yeah, dude. Next yeah. week, episode 52. Actually, you know what? I think I said this last week, but this is pretty much the anniversary of the first yeah. episode we recorded. Yeah, I think this is technically like the one year. Calendar of, year. Uh, to date. Yeah, yeah. Next week will be, you know, 52. 52 weeks we skipped episodes. a week. Or so 52 episodes, 53 weeks. Yeah. But hey, that's a milestone in and of itself. We'll have to have a nice bottle of bubbly. Yeah, we'll get some, party, some little party hats. Yeah. Oh, some yeah, that's a good some, point. Uh, you know, what do you call the things that go like... like the, oh, the little kazoo. Like the little... <laughs> no, no, not that elaborate. The little thing that's where the, where the thing like unfurls out. Oh, uh, whatever you call them. Yeah. Those makers, I guess. Yeah, I don't know what those are called, but... Gonna have to get those. Mm-hmm. We'll bring our top Some, five uh, fans if you, uh, you know what I mean, guns. VIP access. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna have the red carpet outside. Yeah. We'll have some cigars. We'll be smoking cigars in Trevor's basement, making it stink down here. Yeah, just avoid my security deposit. Yeah. It just burns the whole basement down <laughs> yeah, for yeah. one year. Damn, we've had some good run. That'll be a good time. But uh, Yeah, man. This hey, fucking shower broke over the weekend. That what happened? Which fixed. one? It like the you know the little like the faucet thing at the bottom. To where keep you gotta, it like, plugged or unplugged. Yeah, yeah, where you get like pull the little lever up to make the shower work. That that whole thing just like fell off. Damn. So you just it was, been like, taking baths because it was all rusted. Well, it was only we only were without it for a day or two, and you I was and like Jacob working taking... home, so I was like, you know, whatever, I could deal with it. But you all had to just take baths together. It. Damn. Yeah, yeah, we had. To... <laughs> You yeah, both no, can't I'm not fit a, in that tub. No, I, don't, I can't even. I, I don't know. I'm not a bath guy. I'm too tall to be a bath guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably too tall for my tub, but I make yeah, it work. If I try to take a bath, like my knees are would be sticking out of it. It'd be all weird. Also, sucks when the tub isn't when the walls aren't high enough too. You go to like you think you're gonna get a good tub, a good bath, yeah, in, you lay in the water, and not, it's like not. You're just like it's just up to here. You're like, well, I'm not even like. My shoulders aren't in. I like to be, like, nice and cozy yeah. in there. Yeah, you know I got to, like, move around to get, like, my whole body submerged at times. Yeah, it, that's when it gets tricky. But, well, good to know. It got fixed, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's good for that. Speaking of things that don't work and are breaking down as we speak, we can jump into the Sixers if you want that way. Do sure, we want to start yeah, with start... Sixers? Start yeah, with, uh, yeah, start first with is misery. the worst. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah, we can start first is the worst. So the Sixers felt good after that Cavs win. I thought, okay, nice yeah. little bounce back win Dude, after they almost pulled it the out. Ca- like I was looking at, I forget exactly what the numbers were, but it was something like after Embiid's been out, we've been, I don't know, we've only won like four or five games or mm-hmm. something, and two of them have been against the Cavs. And that same period, the Cavs have only lost four games, and two of them have been against yeah. us. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> it was like, make any sense. Like, wrong with that well, team. We've lost like twelve out of what seventeen that we haven't had Embiid so far this season, or like this stretch. It's pitiful. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Yeah, it's for the season, just, we're seven they're and seventeen. Just not a basketball team without Embiid. It's no one can no one catches fire together. You know, you got Maxi playing his balls off, which is great, but like Buddy's kind of dissipated as well. Like he does okay, but. No one else is doing really enough to help us get over that hump. I mean, every other game, I feel like we're watching, they're down by 15 by half every game, and they can't quite get over that hurdle. Yeah, I mean, they just don't have enough guys that can score at a volume. I mean, when Maxie's doing good, that's fine, but you need more than that. And Ideally, that person would be your other max contract person, Tobias Harris, but... No, we'll get to him. Yeah. We will get to him, but... A couple bright spots that I've seen is um, 
one Ricky Council. Talked Hell about yeah. him a little yeah. bit last yeah, week. Yeah, man, he's killing it. Yeah, he, he like a player. Couple nice, nice finishes last night. He had a dunking garbage time that was pretty mean. Mm-hmm. He's he's shown up. He's got, as he says, he's got that dog in him. He is aggressive, which I like. Energetic. He, you know, goes up and down the court with aggression. So it's good to see that way. And he honestly takes smart shots. He's not. Well, I feel like Ubre had that in the beginning. Oh, Ubre's, Ubre's been just. He's a little reckless. He's, I feel he's like been now. just letting it fly, which yeah. is great well, when they were Council, going in. Council has a little bit more demeanor to him that way when he's making his shots, but yeah. It's just he ain't gonna be the one to help us out. Yeah, no, like <laughs> he's he's a good role player. You unearthed as a, an undrafted pick, or not even a pick, an undrafted guy out of college. Mm-hmm. So no, that's that's been great to see. Maxi, as you mentioned, Maxi's been hooping. Yeah, I enjoyed the first two and a half quarters of that game. Three quarters of that game last night were pretty entertaining. I mean, they were down ninety-one eighty-nine yeah. at one point in the fourth quarter. Maxie was letting a rip. He had 32, I believe. Yeah. He was talking shit to Jalen Brown. Yeah. He, like, picked Jalen Brown's pocket a couple times and was chirping at him. You know why, right? Because in the All-Star game, Jalen Brown and Maxie were on the same team. I remember this. I One of the few things I remember about that game, they were on the same team. And uh, Jalen Brown gets, gets a rebound in the middle of the court. Maxie's wide open on the wing. Jalen Brown stares him down straight up for two seconds. And then just passes it to Jason Tatum, who's covered. <laughs> so I think Maxi remembered that. He's like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. coming for this guy today. And Maxi, great offensive game, really played good defense. The other thing that I enjoyed was uh, when they don't have Embiid and they don't have anyone that can score, they need to push the pace. Yeah. And for the first two quarters of that game, they were flying up and down the court. Boston really know what to expect. Yeah. That's what you get when you play a three-guard lineup, right? You have Maxi, who's fast and agile. You have... Kyle Lowry is not particularly fast, but knows how to push the ball. He's quick, can hit those way. hit ahead yeah. passes. He's got that donk weighing him down. Yeah. You know, he can't. <laughs> he's like a nice Cadillac. Yeah, Once he, he gets he, momentum going, he's good yeah, to go. Yeah. <laughs> he's a little older. And then uh, you have Ricky Council filling a wing, Kelly Oubre filling a wing, campaign, Buddy spotting up from three. For the first two, two and a half, three quarters, they were playing with some pace, and I think that's the way that they need to play. Just when you're up against the best team in the league. You, you're going to have to be able to sustain that, and then yeah. obviously they couldn't. So some positives to take away. I did think it was nice to see Embiid on the bench Yeah. on Sunday with Arthur. He yeah. looked like he was oh, in yeah. good spirits. He didn't have, like, a brace or anything on his knee. Like, wasn't rocking crutches. No, so, but like, that's the that kind of Embiid's MO that way. And the thing, too, is that like, they're not really getting – they're not necessarily getting blown out, which is good. But it also kind of makes it more frustrating because you're involved, like you're invested in every game till the very end. Because you're like, all right, there's a chance they could, you know, the couple turnovers here and a couple good buckets could be good to go. But they just can't quite get over the hump without a beat. And honestly, there's no way you make a run with this team at all, even with Embiid, because Embiid's not going to give you a full postseason run. I mean, yeah, it'd be great to get him back, and they probably will at the end of the season, whether it's the play-in or a lower seed, whatever it is. But in all honesty, Embiid probably is going to miss a game or two. And those game or twos mean the world in the playoffs. And this team clearly hasn't been able to find that fight to be able to beat these top teams, which mm-hmm. Boston, uh, the Bucks. You know, when we play the I mean, Heat eventually, the like the Bucks have Doc Rivers in the playoffs. I'm not worried about. I'm the just Bucks. saying, but we can't bank off of uh, like just a historical Doc fuck up. Like, I, I they have that, a hungry. I, I think we can. I understand, <laughs> maybe, but my point though is that if you get a Doc fuck up when Embiid's playing, but then when Embiid's out, you get like a weird game where they all click. Like they have, they've put it together, and they don't have any injuries. 
you know, that's the only downside is that like, yeah, we get Embiid back, but I don't know. I, I don't see it panning out to be like this glorious return. It's going to be an ugly return. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I might be of a different mind on that. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, it depends on what he looks like when he comes back. But I think what the team has shown in his absence makes me think that they have all these like good sort of um, you know tertiary pieces, and they're just missing like you know they're missing the centerpiece of the team. But I think once he comes back, that you know, players like Buddy Healed and even like Campaign showing you some stuff, which like I mean, I don't think he's going to be getting a whole lot of playoff minutes. But um, you know, I feel like they they can put a pretty good rotation together once Embiid comes back. But it, it all just comes down to like what he's actually going to look like when he comes back, and we're not going to know that till it happens. So it's all speculation right now. Yeah, I think Batum will look a little more useful. Um. Heald, as you said, will look a little more useful. Kelly Oubre will be a little more effective when there's less attention on him. Yeah, where he doesn't. Thing, I mean, because I mean, Kelly Oubre and Batum were doing so well in the beginning of the year because they were just getting so much space because all the gravity was exactly. in and that's just gone now, and so they're just not getting open, not they don't have enough space to operate in. So yep. it's just it, the whole the whole uh, house of cards kind of falls down when Embiid's out. Yeah, I think a Kyle Lowry pick and roll. With Max, with Embiid, with Maxi spotted up in the corner on the wing, yeah, they'll be able to put some things together. Even if Embiid's not at a hundred percent, the threat of him being there, teams are going to have to respect. Um, they're probably going to be a play-in team, so they're going to have to play two games against two very hungry teams. So that could be a crapshoot. We'll mm-hmm. have to see what happens, but I wouldn't say it's all doom and gloom. Kind of just to see what a little what he looks like when he comes back. See if they can figure out some semblance of an identity without him. Think them playing fast last night might have been the start of it. Just can they sustain it? Can they figure out some other things? And can our boy Toby get his act together? No. And that's another piece <laughs> to it. I think this team is going to be, okay, they're a play-in team. They're on track to be that. They might win the play-in. I think they get bounced out of the first round. It depends who they play. Um, I, I'm I, that's my if, that's my feeling right now. If they now. come in I'm as the eight seed that. and they play Boston, yeah, I think that's going to happen. I'm not, they come in as the seven seed and they play Cleveland or Milwaukee. I think they could beat one of those teams with if Embiid at seventy five percent. I don't yeah. think they beat Milwaukee. They've they, yeah, they've been beating Cleveland without Embiid. They can beat. Cleveland. I understand. Yeah. That's just where my feel. I'm 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 dead set on that. I think I've yeah, seen we'll what see. I needed to see. We'll I think see. That's my gut right now. I love right. to be optimistic, but that's my. I would hedge a bet on that. I've already got a couple bets or a couple shots running <laughs> yeah. on the Sixers, so uh, I'll, I'll I'll sit tight here. But yeah, I guess we can talk about our boy Toby now, huh? So it's been going on it with him. It has not been Toby time. Yeah, yeah you, you probably, well you're just, probably gonna have to delete yeah, that off the soundboard. Yeah, you might as well just delete a new that version shit. of it. T- Toby sucks. Time is more like it. He's been so bad, dude. Like just watching him play gives me a headache. Just. Doesn't yeah. have any idea what he's doing on the court. Chucks up mid-range jumpers with like 20 seconds on the shot clock. Mm-hmm. Bricks him. Then he catches a ball with like five seconds on the shot clock. That's when you have to chuck it up. He dribbles around for four seconds, then just passes it to someone else. Yep. Just hands him a hand grenade, says, go shoot it. The, the one play, there were a couple plays last night that just... The one play, he gets a rebound on the baseline. This is in the first half. It's a short jumper. It's like 16 feet. He barely hits the rim. Uh, like, yeah, rims that. it. Like, what the hell? 
And then later in the fourth quarter, when the game's still relatively competitive, he has this sequence where Maxie rips Brown, I think it was, hits Toby for like a hit-ahead pass, wide open layup, Toby smokes it. And then literally like a minute later, Toby lets Porzingis like battle for a rebound and like get it. And Toby has the ball. It's on the baseline. It's about to go out of bounds. Porzingis finishes. Then you see Kyle Lowry just like, what the hell, man? Looking at him like that. It's just. So not only is he just offensively not contributing, but then it's just his hustle. Like his drive, his energy. It's just none of it's there. Yeah, he's just sloppy as shit. He's just. For a guy, I mean, for and he's like not a small guy. Like for a guy his size, like he is just the opposite of fit, what you'd call physically imposing. Yeah, just does not have any kind of um, you know physical intensity at all. Like does not, um, you know, is not going to like uh, you know be able to guard the ball, push people off, that kind of shit. Like I don't know, it's, it's just like. He doesn't even get mad. Like, he even does stupid shit where, like, he'll drop the ball or, like, he'll get it poked or he'll, like, take a pass and just fumble the sh- Like, it just is sloppy basketball. And he doesn't ever get pissed. He just looks around like, oh, well. He, he like. Like, there's no care in the world. He'll look at the ref. Come on, man. Yeah. But there's not even that. He's not even, like, aggressive with the ref. He's just like. He's just like, what? Uh, well, yeah. okay. And then moves on with his life. But there's no no intensity. There's no aggression. There's no really playing with purpose at all like i don't really know what he thinks his role is with this team he's not playing with any his demeanor and body language is so not what you want to see from a guy in your starting lineup at all with or without your main piece this is his chance to step in and do something here and assume some sort of leadership role in the team i mean he's one of the longer tenured folks on the team too there you nothing yeah i mean he's the highest paid guy in in the lineup right now and just is not playing like it it to think we're paying him forty million a year, whereas Ricky Council, someone that's making, I don't even know what he's making. He probably isn't even making a million bucks. Nah. Maybe he is. And Ricky Council's playing with so much more energy, fire, drive, and some of that is, yeah, he's a young player. He's going to be hungry. But Toby, man, it, y- y'all realize it's a contract year for him, right? Yeah, I know. He's playing like he doesn't even realize it. Well, I mean, he's probably because he's like he's made all his money now. He's like, fuck it, I could just play like shit, and I'm still getting paid. Like it doesn't really. If no one picks him up for anything that big, the dude's made it that way. But still, I mean, it's just upsetting to see. It just is. It's got to be getting to Maxi a little bit, and the younger guys that are playing their ass off to like try to prove that we can win without Embiid. Obviously, that's a major piece. You have a MVP caliber player that you don't have on the court. Okay, we get that. But you know, you beat a team like Boston or you beat a team like Milwaukee without Embiid. That's a great pal on the back as a team. You beat Cleveland. Okay, that's fine. You know, they're a good team, but. It's not your kind of perennial Eastern Conference rivals in the Bucks. You know, we have never beaten Giannis like that in the playoffs. We can't quake it over the Boston hump. You prove yourself and have a good win against those teams. That gives you some fire coming into the playoffs. To but, be fair, Toby's never played well against those teams. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, Toby yeah. has had a chance to, like, okay, earn that contract or earn the respect of your pl- your teammates and, and the city, really. And he just can't. He had plenty of opportunities to. Can't do it. You want to bitch and moan years ago and all this stuff about not being an all-star, man. You ain't worth any any ounce of that money for Dude, that shit. I, th- I think about that all the time. That Remember that <laughs> that where he was pissed about not getting the all-star game? And he – I forget. This was like two or three years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. And he like makes a dunk and you see him be like, I'm an all-star. <laughs> I, just, I think about that all the time now. You know the one I think about is uh... – he was playing real bad and fans were booing him. Then he had like a good game and we mm-hmm. started clapping. He's like, don't clap. Don't fucking clap. <laughs> yeah. 
So what I was thinking, he needs right, negative reinforcement. Is if uh, <laughs> what if the Philly fans gave him the Trey Turner? Oh god, that's what he needs. I don't. Well, I'm not giving him the Trey Turner. He well, he would take that and play even worse. Not the Trey Turner, but he needs his. I mean, if his mom's still around, to give him a call, be like, "Yeah, you're playing like shit." That's what he needs. Be Trey Turner's that's mom. That's what Trey Turner helped him out. Yeah. So yeah, Toby yeah, should yeah. call Trey Turner's mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He shouldn't call his own mom. I don't know whose mom he's got to call. He's got to call someone's mom. Call yeah. I don't Turner's know what his mom. own mom's like, but I don't know how the relationship is. I mean, but... his dad's his agent, so he can't call his dad. His dad's gonna be like, "Son, you're doing fine." Nah, his dad's <laughs> yeah. too fucking in his head that way. Yeah, his dad's like, "We're doing great. We're making a lot of money. Yeah, we're okay. We're, we're <laughs> got the bag, dog. Yeah, we got, got the another bag. Max contract <laughs> coming this year." I didn't know his dad was his agent. Yeah, his dad's his agent. That's how he got this this max contract. And he fleeced the shit out of the Sixers. Well, his, I guess dad his dad's rocks. as good as his job. Yeah, yeah. yeah his Toby it's needs to be agent. as good at his job well, as his dad is at his. But fucking shout out to Mister Toby. That shit's that's not a bad deal right there. Man. That's your one agent. I mean, he's probably getting a nice percentage out of that too. Yeah, and he's family. He's he can get money whenever he wants. Damn. But nah. Um, yeah, the whole thing, man. Like I was watching this game. Not this, not this game last night. Probably the, it was the Bucks game. I'm mm-hmm. watching this game, and I'm thinking back to the day that NF, NBA free agency 2019 when Jimmy Butler walked. And I'm thinking back to that day when we t- we maxed Toby. And at the time, I remember thinking, yeah, he's not a max player, but this is defensible because you can't afford to lose him and Jimmy. Right. But now I'm looking at it like for the last five years, that's been forty million dollars eaten up. Our mm-hmm. salary, not my salary cap. I mean, you know what you mean? Eating up our payroll, but eating up the team's payroll, which it's a salary cap league, right? Yeah. So, Trevor, you've always been a it's not my money type of guy, but well, yeah. this is one and of those cases where it's even baseball. if it's not my type of money, okay, fair, fair. Yeah. But yeah, even if it's not my money, I'm mad about this one because think about some of the guys they could have had. Yeah, all the guys you could have brought in. Even, like, forget about getting another max player. Just think of, like, guys you could have brought in for, like, two guys you could have brought in for half that much. You right. could have given you some, like, three and like some three and D type players you could have brought in, you know. Even for good one-year deals or whatever, patch jobs. Sure. Like, yeah. Howie does all the time. But, like, it's just, yeah, man, they got fleeced with that shit. And he got us. Yeah, he That's did. That's all it is, really. Him and his. So, here's what he's averaging in his last five games. This is awful. He's averaging 30.8 minutes per game. Um, I'll let y'all guess. How many points per game do you think he's averaging in that span? 11. Yeah, I was going to say 12. Oh, 10.8. Spot on. Okay. All right. All right. He's averaging six rebounds, two assists. Um, How many turnovers, though? I, I, don't, you, I actually don't have turnovers. That's probably about, I bet you, probably two or it's three. It's probably more than that, but... Yeah. How, what do you think he's shooting field goal percentage-wise, not threes, his overall field, field goal percentage? Like 35 I'm going to say 24. 31. Wow. So kind of in the middle. Yeah. But Damn. it's still off. Terrible. Yeah. Average NBA player shoots 48%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. From three. Oh, this is really bad. 15. <laughs> uh, like 20. 23 and a half. Okay. Um. Only 3.4 attempts per game. This is your $40 million guy who once said, tell a friend to tell a friend I'm a sharpshooter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's shooting 23.5% from three on 3.4 attempts per game. And here's the worst part. It's plus minus. Minus 48 in those five games. Jeez. That's horrible. That includes a game against the Wizards. Like yeah. that's not even like yeah. staunch competition right. every game. You that's one out, game you take against out Cleveland, a Boston, scrub and, team. Yeah. 
So, and I think in the Wizards game, he was like a minus 10, yeah. if I remember when I looked at the stats. He got no gas in the tank. So, yeah, it's can't just handle horrible. Kyle Kuzma. It's just, <laughs> oh man, I cannot, I don't even know, man. I think they need to bench him. They got, they need to. I mean. Start you, Ricky. What, what, yeah. Honestly, at this point, there's no harm in benching him. Besides the fact that he's eating up the contract, that's fine. But, like, he's going to eat it up regardless. So, bench his ass for a little bit. Maybe that'll wake him up if he needs that tough love somehow to at least get – you can't get any worse than that, really, hopefully. But you bench him for a couple games before the playoffs, maybe get his mind right, get the young guys even more time, which they're showing that they, you know, earned a spot at least to maybe contend for his position and see what happens. It can't be any worse. You're going to lose by 15 every game anyway. Fuck it. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, at this point, like, what are you, uh, like, what's, what, what are you really losing by having Tobias Harris be, like, all pouty and mad? And I think Nick, like, Nick Nurse is kind of almost on that threshold because when he was asked about, uh, Ricky Council, he was like, no, he's, he's been playing his ass off. I love what I'm seeing from him. Like, I feel like he's not, hopefully, not in the same mode of Doc where, like, he's stuck in, no, this is what I want to do. I'm, like, hard headed about what I'm going to play. I think Nick Nurse is the kind of guy that would be like, fuck it. Like, what, if we're going to, we're, We've lost 12 of the last 17 games. What's the harm and foul in doing that? And he's played a lot of young guys throughout the season, even when Embiid was healthy. So, yeah. like, he's he could – we could see that transition. Yeah, I think it's about time. I mean, you kind of saw – you've seen it in spurts where the team makes a run when Toby isn't on the floor, and as soon as he comes back – They just they, look flustered. They, they just – they lose their – or they don't – they never have the lead, but they'll make a comeback and make the game close, and Toby comes back and the game's a blowout again. So Nick Nurse is watching that, and he he sees it. There was a play in the Cleveland game. Might have been the Milwaukee game. I forget. Where Toby, again, struggled to inbound the ball. Nick Nurse is on the bench, just or not, not on the bench, but sitting by the bench doing his little squat, mm-hmm. talking to the other coaches, being like, what was that? Yeah. So you can tell he's starting to lose his patience. It's just... Even, does... against, even against the Knicks the other night, like, you know, a week or so back, I mean... They're on a good run. They're only down by, I guess they got a single digits. They're making a big pushback. Toby's wide open in the corner and fucking fumbles the pass. Oh, he did that. Yep. I remember like, that. Yep. Come on, man. Like, you're, they have momentum. Even Maxi looked, which I love this year, that Maxi's finally not being just a happy little puppy dog on the court. Like, he is finally showing some emotion, calling out guys, you know, getting people amped up and shit. And Toby's just doing dumb shit like that. I think they got the ball back. And he did it again. Yeah, he did it later yeah, in that game. Like he did it. That was in the fourth quarter. Both of those yeah. happened in the fourth quarter. Either they got to yep. bench his ass or they got to stop having guys on the court trust him in moments like that. Just shun him a little bit. Make him earn that pat. Like, you're not. It's a shame because he does get open, which is weird, but it's because people are like, all right, well, it's like having Ben Simmons at the fucking three point line. Like, yeah. yeah, I'll let him sit there all day wide open. Who gives a shit? And Toby's kind of pushing that threshold right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure Toby in the locker room is a leader. And a lot of the young players probably look to him for guidance and whatnot, but at some point, how. at some point, it's just got to be, yeah, man, you're not hooping. We need you to show up and play the way that this team needs you to and play. There's no and there's no swag. It's not He's got no swag. He's got no ca- charisma, no dog, no energy. If I'm a young guy in there, I'm, a, I'm. You got to find someone else to attach to because that shit is not. Yeah, that's toxic just to be like, around. Yeah, I mean, he has like no dog in him or whatever, which looks like you know whatever. But it does kind of feel like he's just out of place just as like a little, the whole like culture of the team it's like a little mopey puppy dog bitch over here he's just i don't know it's just ass yeah honestly he's playing like shit and yeah, he's the, a bum the I mean, vibes are really is. bad but uh yeah. i mean we could sit here and belabor this point all day yeah 
Uh, I don't really have anything else to say about. I can, I do have things I could say about it, but <laughs> yeah, we have other we things have to so talk much about. Time, yeah. Um, do we want to talk about this sports complex <laughs> nonsense anymore? Any <laughs> updates? We haven't really talked about the the updates with the yeah. Flyers wanting to Comcast Spectator rather wanting to expand and remodel or renovate. Yeah, sports complex. Not the first time we've heard this story, so right. I'm kind of in. Uh, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. Right. Well, now Xfinity is in the picture, so now that has unfolded. A little $12 billion expansion yeah, in Xfinity. Yeah, they're expanding that. And yeah. then... I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens. i give it a year. But $2.2 billion is a lot of money to be putting down there in the same conversation as moving a team out of that area. Why would you spend all that money in one location to revamp the area to just move one of the main teams out of there and put them in Center City in an area that they don't want anyone – to come down there anyway. Yeah. In Chinatown. Like, that's... I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting, right? Because on the one hand, the, the article I read, I think it was in the Enquirer, was uh, saying that the Comcast Spectacore is wanting to expand and spend $2.5 billion on just renovating the current sports complex. A lot of that's going to turn those parking lots into hotels. There's going to be a concert venue. Going to be the, the eSports arena all that stuff but you don't have that much space for it so you're in and gonna end up going into fdr park and some of the surrounding neighborhoods so it's kind of the exact same thing that the sixers are looking at doing in chinatown yeah just they're gonna do it in south philly so you're gonna end up pissing off a bunch of south philly italians and irish folks or you're gonna end up pissing off a bunch of people in chinatown the sixers move up there either way i don't think that it's ideal for for neighborhoods for residents of those neighborhoods but at the same yeah. time i mean like, when it comes to the south philly thing like i do think that i mean no, no matter how you look at it there having a, an ocean of parking lots is just not a good use of space like it's just not like and i mean I, and obviously i hope there's just they at least have still have enough they're gonna for, have like, some, tailgating yeah, and stuff there's still gonna have, be to a, have some parking there's still gonna be a lot of parking yeah like but it's like in any given time like 90% or even more of those spaces are just sitting there doing nothing. So it's like, you know, I, I'm all for, like, putting some shit there. I'm just skeptical that it's ever going to actually happen. Because, right. like I've said, we've heard this story before. Like, Comcast, every it's like, it feels like it's like every five years they talk about it. They're going to do this or that and with the sports complex. But, I mean, this is all the we first want, time. All they... we want is better Wi-Fi in the city. They're like, how about a new video game arena in, in South Philly? It's like, we don't, cool, but, like. Yo, esports do be popping though. Yeah, it's cool, but they said that four years yeah. ago and shit never took off, and then they canceled it. And now it's back again. I mean, we could all live without Jet Road. That'd be fine. I mean, it's not like the end of the world. Where Chinatown would fuck up so many other things. Yeah. Where like well, at least South, at least South Philly, you have like plenty of room that you could get away with. Like you're saying, all those parking lots, you'd be all right. I mean, the the, the article I read was saying that it's going to have to go into neighborhoods, into the park, and people are going to be pissed about that. And so, you're trying to cross broad. Go, that's the other thing, too, is that like you're, you're again, slightly decentralizing the great part about being down there already, is that everything is pretty close. Oh, no, I hear you. Like, I'm in favor of keeping it down there, personally, like, if, yeah. if given I the mean, choice. Just, yeah, just as a fan who lives exactly. walking distance from yeah. the Torch Complex, like, sure. But it's just not realistic because the Sixers don't own the arena. They're not going to stay there. They're yeah. losing money by staying there. Yeah, so that's the thing, right, is the Sixers are looking at it as if, yeah, certainly 
we want our own building. We don't want to be down here. And quite frankly, the article I read, I forget what the guy's name is. He's one of the Sixers, like, co-owners. Was like, yeah, after 2031, the Sixers are never playing a game in South Philly again. 2031? All right, we got time. I ain't worried about this shit then. So, yeah, Trevor, to your point, like, we've heard this all before, and we don't think that this is actually going to happen. If the Sixers put enough pressure on the Flyers, then, I don't know, Comcast Spectators are probably going to have to do something. Sweeten the pot to convince them to stay. Otherwise, they're going to do their thing. Sixers are going to do their thing. And who knows what the, the sports complex looks like. And I guess this is going to take forever, like 15 yeah, years. 15, yeah. Well, I Like, see. I probably won't even live in South Philly anymore nah. by the time all this is done. No. Nah. But, yeah, my vote would be to keep, to keep everything down in the sports complex. Big because time. when you go almost to any other major city in the country, they don't have it like we do. We still have one of the closest ones of all. Well, especially every major sport we have is right there, which is great. Except yeah. for, well, I don't know if MLS is considered major sport, but it's starting to get there. It's but, close yeah. enough. We still take ninety five down, but everything else is right there. But I don't know. I, I don't need to get moved. But you know who's not moving? The Flyers. They'll still be there. Uh, they might need to move if the power keeps going out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gonna have to not only renovate the Wells Fargo just. They Knock are it the down, best, tear it down. One of the best power play killers out there, so that made sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, they they killed. They definitely killed the Pico power play last night, man. <laughs> Damn, against the Lightning, which is funny as shit. Someone, someone yeah. didn't yeah. pay the Pico bill. Yeah, that was great, though. But, I mean, I guess even before we get to that game, we got to talk about Trevor's boy. Your boy. How is this my boy? What are we talking you about? You have a jersey Peterson? upstairs Cal Peterson? Oh, yeah. You yeah, love a Cal, Cal Peterson. Peterson jersey. <laughs> yeah, that's your boy, man. You were sitting here yeah. saying, yeah, the I Cal think... Cal Peterson, I LA Kings jersey, because I'm think, just such a huge fan of <laughs> You were sitting here when I said, yeah, with Hart doing whatever, being a bad person. Being a fucking creep. They're going to have to pick up a backup goalie. I was like, yeah, they should probably trade a fourth or fifth round draft pick for a backup goalie, because Cal Peterson ain't it. You were saying, nah, let him roll. Let's see what he does. I stand by that. And then you know what he does. Because yeah, of seven goals. But it doesn't mean and that some they... of those goals I could have stopped. Dude, it's so bad. It is wild. I don't I don't watching that game, I was just kinda like, how is this guy an NHL goalie? Like just fundamental things like having to hug the fucking post. Or standing yeah. like standing up tall. He let in like three short side goals like that. And just he let like, in a couple what are over you doing? His... It's like his <laughs> first thing on like... the skates. He looked like he just wasn't easy on his feet at all. <laughs> Slipping he... around, flying around, and just falling over just about. It was yeah, not, it was a disaster. Yeah, he had a couple go like way over him. Yeah. It's like, dude, what are you st- sitting low for when someone's like right in front of you? Someone like he that. was afraid of the puck a little bit. He was out there, oh, oh, oh shit, dipping and diving out there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the Penguins are still pretty far back. I think they're six, seven points they're back like of the, the Flyers. Wild, wild card they hunt. Have yeah. Three or four games in hand against us. Probably not much to worry about in the grand scheme of things, but if we do end up missing the playoffs or falling into a wild card by a point to them. It'll be because of the Cal Peterson game, man. Yeah. Yeah, he's... He, I was very happy to see that they put him on waivers. Yeah, he's gone. So I guess Felix Sandstrom will probably be called up. Which yeah. I don't remember. He's not that good, right? No, I mean, there's a reason why he wasn't right. <laughs> the first one <laughs> yeah. called up. Yeah. So, you know. Um, yeah, but... It's, I mean, especially now that you have all these injuries. And I just don't think you can trade any assets for because you want to like maybe win a playoff round this year mm. 
it's just you know it would be nice like I mean it would be nice to have some of these young guys get some playoff experience just you know uh, just for the sake of it but like if you're trying to rebuild a team even even if we're talking about a fourth round pick a fifth round pick even a sixth round pick I don't want to give away anything just so that you can be like slightly better this year that doesn't matter right you know mm. Because sometimes you find little hidden gems in those late rounds, or you can use those picks to trade up. You can, I mean, assets are assets, and you know, I don't think that they're in a position where they should be trying to trade for a backup goalie. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess I've become so gung ho about them making the playoffs that yeah, I, I kind of want. I'm like, them- yeah, I mean, I'm like, yeah, it's been this season's been fun to watch, but it's like every once in a while I gotta kind of like check myself and remember that they're. Not supposed to be good this year or next year or maybe even the year after that, and they still got to. They're still at least a few pieces away from really contending. I'm and sure like, there's moves know. out there they can make that aren't like breaking the bank or breaking up the core group of guys, but still give you at least a little bit of a buffer to, you know, at least go into the playoffs if you are a playoff team with a little bit more confidence than just like, well, let's just see what happens and you know we'll be happy with it, but. You know, it, it's an odd year that way when you have no expectations. They're the, they've broken every expectation out there that they had against them to start the season. But, you know, make a piece here and there. But I get your point where, like, picks are picks and they're good trade value and things like that. But it's quite the conundrum for the Flyers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that coupled with all the injuries. They're in a, they're yeah. in a weird position right now because uh, yeah. certainly, I mean, we've talked about that length the, the last couple of weeks about do they need to trade Sean Walker? Should they keep Sean Walker? Then Drysdale goes down in that game on Sunday. He's week to week with what looked like a separated or dislocated shoulder. It was just dangling off like yeah, yeah. just like a broken stick. Dude, it was just flopping around He'll when he was right. running you off the that ice. Pop that bad boy back in. You'll be all right. Mm, it's not that quick. After it's, a while, I'm not saying right yeah, away. I'm yeah, just he's saying gonna, he's I mean? week to week. Yeah, it's so no, he's, it's no broken and, thumb. Yeah, bad. it's a that's true. And he's well, had so he's, he's had issues with his shoulder before. Yeah, so like it ain't that easy so now it's like they probably trade sean walker but does any of this give them any hesitancy to do so keith jones has spoken he was on the phly podcast again sometime over the weekend and he did say that still this season's all about the future um so it does kind of sound like sean walker would still be going but that was probably the drysdale injury so I yeah. question if anything I mean, changes. Maybe, I don't think it does. I I don't think it affects how they're looking at whether to trade him or not. But I think the unfortunate thing that it might affect what they're going to get back for him because now they don't have as much of the leverage that they True. have for him. So that's an unfortunate thing. So, you know. But because they get less back Maybe for they were going to get a first round. Now they might have to settle for a second or whatever, which is still, I mean, if you told me at the start of the season that they were going to get a second round pick for a guy that was uh, essentially a salary dump and a trade. I'd be pretty happy with that. It'd be cool if they could still get a first, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. It seems unlikely, but what else did Jonesy say? Oh, he also said that it would take a really good offer for them to want to trade Scott Lawton. Yeah. But Lawton's really been helping his trade value, right? He's been good this past few games. His last five games, two goals, four assists, Six points, a plus eight. Yeah. He's been pucking, dude. Yeah, he's looking good. So he's helped his trade value to where they might be able to get, like, not a first, certainly a second. Maybe. maybe. Uh, I think they'll definitely get at least a first for him. 
Um, you think they get a first for Lawton? Yeah, some yeah. So that's a good point. Some yeah, I team, think so. Yeah. Like, um, it sounds it's it's starting it's starting to feel like he's probably not going to get traded at deadline, but definitely in the off season, I think that's a strong possibility because he just he still has one more year left on his deal. Oh, so he's an expiring next. Okay, yeah. Okay, well, but yeah, I mean, Keith Jones also did say that yeah, Lawton's like a culture builder. We love him. Players love him. Fans love him. So, yeah, I think they're kind of reticent to trade him because of all of that. Kind of what I was saying last week, he's a huge intangible guy for this team, but I wouldn't be surprised if he goes. I'm still kind of hesitant to trade Sean Walker just because, like I said, I'm so gung-ho <laughs> on the playoffs. Love Sean Walker. <laughs> no, nah, man, because with the injuries to Ristolainen and Drysdale, who's, who's gonna, who are going to be your defensive pairings if they're injured? And you trade him. Know. I'll go out there, man. Yeah, us. Then I, we're I, not I can, making can, the playoffs. Yeah. We talked about this. We're I not hate, making the playoffs. I could block a puck. Mm. Yeah. Dude, I would, <laughs> I would be dead the first time I had to block a shot. Yeah, yeah. Just, I would just collapse. I would get wrecked out there. But I've been getting fucked up before the game, though, big time. Y'all would have Ovi coming at you. Just Ovi check you once. Nah, I'm pretty sly out there. I'm going to go... You know what I mean? Yeah, nah, you I'm take ass on yeah, get, I can't I would skate for get shit. Maimed yeah. the first shift for sure. Oh, I don't even know I how to I feel like I, I wouldn't mind getting a check though from Obi like that. You know what I mean? Like it's like they Dude, know you made six it. five and two hundred fifty pounds. They know you made it. Wreck you. Yeah, I'm fine with that. You'd, but you'd, then, probably, you'd probably have broken bones. Then I could say, that. hey, but you could still say I got checked by a Hall of Famer. Meanwhile, you're sitting here. Comfy as a clam. Yeah, Chill, I, I don't you know, know how to skate. I'd be useless on the ice. Me neither. I'd be out. Yeah, I, me and, and I can't see. Me, me and Pat are out here getting getting checked by a Hall of Famer. Meanwhile, you're just here enjoying like, watching Sean Walker losing the first round of the I'm playoffs. Like three, <laughs> I'm like three hey, by my We're season. going to the playoffs, baby. That's all I care yeah. about. I would put my life on the line like that. I think a big check. If that means the Flyers get to the playoffs, I would do that. Okay, then. Well, you, when you going out there, hey, just remember – if they make the playoffs, yours truly has to do six shots of 99 God, bananas damn, on this here pod. Damn, yep, a... I was looking back on my notes. It was the pod we recorded November 16th. Damn, I don't remember what true. episode so number it hope, is. You, yeah. you got to hope it's a long pod. I do Otherwise, hope they can hang on fire. and at least oh, cling, on to a, cling on to one of those wild card spots. You're about to put a little straw in that bottle. But I still think uh, they should trade Sean Walker. Yeah, well, I don't, but we will see. But yeah, I guess what else? We, oh, we got to talk about this lightning game a little bit. About the power going out. Damn. Yeah, that was wild. It was like, you know, because we, uh, I didn't actually see the first half of the first period. And I turned it on, and there's just, you start to notice that there's no PA announcements, there's mm-hmm. no music, and all this. It's just weird. Some, something, like something's off here. Like a college game. And I finally like, figured out what was going on. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, I was watching it, and I'm sitting there on the TV, and all of a sudden, like something just, something happens. And I look up and I'm thinking, man, it looks really dark all of a sudden. And then 10 seconds later, the players just all stop. They call, they blow the whistles. Yeah. There's a nine minute delay or something, yeah. something along those lines. It was funny how the, uh, at least at the end of that first period, the refs had to kind of yell out. Like the, it, it felt like when, um, you know, in basketball, when one of the coaches is like counting down the shot clock or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, ah, oh. <laughs> yeah. But it's like the refs had to do that. <laughs> The yeah. NHL, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the Wells Fargo Center. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we've seen that before with Sixers game when the shot clock just stops working. Oh, randomly. yeah. Yeah. Just that building's old, man. They ain't paying their bills. Not, not to get back on this Wells Fargo building thing, but you realize, right, in 2031 when the Sixers lease is up, 
that building is going to be 35 years old. Mm-hmm. So regardless of what happens, they're probably going to need a new arena soon. You, can put, you can't can, just keep doing cosmetic stuff. Go, I know what you're going to you say. Put, I make love up this. on a pig. It's so pig, man. Yep, I shit love still that rolls phrase. around and shit. Mm-mm. Yeah. That's exactly what they're doing. They're yeah. like, oh, look at that. Nope. They, oh, new fresh paint job. What paint did they go with? Gray. Even that is ads. It's like, damn, you yeah. couldn't make anything I mean, it's one thing if better. it's like some kind of, um, you know, historic arena or whatever like madison square garden's been around is, is a fucking piece it's of like shit wrigley but field yeah. but right. it's been around forever and it's kind of like its own little institution right but the wells fargo center does not carry that kind of no it's uh, all cinder blocks you know it's literally yeah. just cinder blocks with a weird little mini dome over the top like that shit is ass yeah no yeah. it's ugly everything's breaking they keep doing remodeling the inside when you get in it's like oh yeah this looks brand new nah that, that infrastructure is falling apart the electricity doesn't work you know what I'm saying? Half the time you go in there, the escalators there was, aren't working. Half the time you go in there. That one hot fly, that one Sixers game a few years ago where the, the court was all wet from the ice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the AC yeah. wasn't working. Something wasn't working. Then the players were actually, they said this last night when the electricity went out and the lights went out, the AC stopped working. So the third period, the ice was starting to melt and they were all oh hot. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, so it was like, like a remember, couple of players yeah, said that last I night. Remember the uh, when they first opened the Spectrum, like the old school, like original Flyers. The first couple of years they had, there was that one game where it was just like fog. Damn. There was also one year where it like snowed and the roof caved in on the Spectrum, oh so the Flyers God. had to play like all their games away that year. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, Wells Fargo Center is not long for stuff like that. Yeah. No. I mean, like the Spectrum. Spectrum had a good run. I think it was probably like 35, 40 years old when they mm-hmm. wrecked it. So, yeah, Wells Fargo Center in 2031 is going to be about that old, right? Yeah. And maybe the Flyers will play in Canton. They'll play in Voorhees. Yeah. Could <laughs> you imagine zone. the Voorhees yeah. Flyers? <laughs> yeah, they'll pretty much be like what the Coyotes do now, playing in the college arena. Oh, that'd be a disgrace. Don't ever do that. Yeah. But uh, oh, the other last thing I had about that game. I just thought this was unique. It's not even really that cool or fun to talk about. But I never seen them pull a goalie with nine, nine minutes, minutes left. left. What the hell is that? I li- I mean, I kind of like it. I like the aggression. It's like you're down three. Fuck it. What worse could it be? Ha- what worse yeah, could you gotta you know you gotta get those goals. That was wild. Luckily, it didn't work out for them. Worked out for us. Nine minutes. We got a couple empty netters there at the end. I don't know, man. That was just weird. It was a weird game. Yeah, I'll all around, it. just a very strange game. Yeah. To to beat the Lightning, who uh, and have a bunch of Hall of Famers, to beat them handedly at home, six two, and all that oddity and all that weirdness, it was a huge win. I mean, they're not right behind us in the standings because we're in different divisions, but that's a playoff team. It's that's neck and neck, though. Their records aren't too far off. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we could end up battling them for a wild card position at the end of the season. Yeah. That was a big win. Especially after they smoked us the last time we played them. So, that's that. I think that's all I got here on the Flyers. Yeah, we should probably, probably keep it rolling. Uh, I do want to touch on the... We got to shout out the Union. Oh, yeah. Union out the here. Union. Yeah. Advancing. I can't watch the games because I don't have dumbass Apple TV. <laughs> but, hey, shout out to the Union. Did they get a red card on that? So, that will affect their next round, I think. Uh but yeah, man, a draw will do it. So they advanced because they won the first game. So that'll do it for them. They had a draw in their season opener as well. Yeah. Cold fucking game. Oh, my God. They had like a yeah. last minute. It was like they tied the game in stoppage time, too, at the yeah. very end. Mm-hmm. Like the la- yeah. Literally the last minute of the game, which is nuts. But yeah. twenty, I think it was 27 or 25 degrees out Yikes. on the field. 
And you're brutal. right near the river there. Yeah, yeah. it was so it's cold brutal. out. Thank God it was dry at least. But like, I don't know. Watching some of these people go into that stadium, I was like, is this an Eagles playoff game? Like they were just cold. You could see their breath. I'm like, what the fuck? I could imagine playing soccer on that shit. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah, but, that bunion would be howling as soon as I kick the ball yeah. in the cold. The ball probably feels like yeah. a rock. And the, I think it's why I think like most leagues have been, I mean, in like Europe and shit, they start in October, go all the way to May. So they play all through the winter. Yeah. That's crazy. And it's like, you know, even colder over there a lot of the time. Yeah, we're pussies over here. We, but, you know, like, we yeah. just started getting I mean, the team I follow is in Scotland, and like every game, it's pouring rain. Like Ugh. almost every single time I watch it, it's like it's pouring rain. Yeah, but it's so Scotland it's like, soccer. It's, it's not like they're putting out, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah well, it's like brutal weather. Yeah. What did Ed Rendell call us? A nation of wussies? Yeah. You know he <laughs> wanted to replace wussies. that W with a P and say something else, <laughs> but he had to be politically correct. He was yeah. the governor at the time. I met him as a kid. What was he like? I don't know. I was like eight or uh, nine. He, my brother used to work in, uh, like, he like he used to work for this company that was in the, um, what they call that building that's on like uh, like Broad and Walnut, not like the uh, the Union League, but right near there. There's some like office uh, building, the Wanamaker building. No, I forget I what, it is, what it is, but it's the Widener like, building. I, I forget, but Man, it's like, like <laughs> but anyway, like their company was there, and right and like Ed Rendell had an office right down the hall, so you would just see him all the time, like walking around. And Damn, shit. Yeah. all right, is he still alive? Yeah, yeah, he's still he's alive. alive. My bad. Well, he's he still used calling to... in a WIP. He ain't like that old. Brown. Uh, but he used to be on like the Eagles post game shit. But then he got a little too old. They had to take him off because he was getting a little kind of sleepy on there. So I didn't know <laughs> if he was dead. I don't know, man. Guys are dropping like flies around here. Who knows? Man? I don't know. Is he's, age or not? He's probably pretty old. Let's see I how old. He, I think he's got a little like dementia or some shit like that, though. He ain't, I don't think he's all right. Let's see how old do you think he is? Ed Rendell. I'm gonna say Ed Rendell's probably. Uh, 76. I'm going to say 78. What's my guess? I didn't I didn't look yet. Um cheating ass. He definitely Nah, was. nah. I saw when he <laughs> served when he served his term, but I didn't see how old he is currently. He's going to I'm going to say he is 71. All right, we got 1, 6 and 8. And survey says 80. Damn, he's older than yeah, I thought. Oh, he's old as shit. Mm-hmm. Man, he is, Biden's older than him, though, right? Well, yeah. we ain't going to get into that, but yeah. But anyway. How old's Mitch McCops like? Nah, he's 84. <laughs> oh, he is? I only know that because on his farewell little thing, it had the thing. 1,000 years yeah. old. Yeah, he's 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 claims he's 84. We know that turtle-looking dude's probably yeah. 300, dude. Longest. Yeah. Anyway. Not human. You know. going to give him any more air time, but. Biden's um, 81. He is slightly older than Ed Rendell. He seems a little bit older. Though. He seems yeah. like he's much older. He's, yeah. He seems yeah, like he's in his yeah, 90s. Yeah. Talk about yeah, lying Jesus. about age. I yeah, don't know about that. Straight up, my 90-year-old granddad's way sharper than Joe yeah. Biden is. Damn. Fuck. Well, but anyway, uh, what, the, what were we talking about? Oh, we were transitioning. We had to give the union a shout out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the union. Trevor yeah. So mentioned AJ Brown calling in the W. Oh, yeah, I guess we can. We have more union. To- Hold up. We well, got union, more union. Union talk. has not lost, so that's a thing for them. They've only yeah. drawn or or won this year, so technically undefeated still this year, which is good for them. Yeah. But sure. yeah, that's all. That's all I got for them. All right. Yep. Let's talk about the Eagles. March fifth, next Comcast match. 
Oh, Jesus. That was a AJ Brown, I fucking respect that shit a lot. I will say, I love that. that I like how that. he called in the WIP, man. Yeah. That's Philly as hell. I love that. I think yeah. that all that shit that he kept hearing about, not all offseason, but you know what we have of offseason so far, even later part of the regular season, everybody compared him to T.O. and being a drama queen and all this shit. He just said, all right, well, here's my number. Then give me a call or whatever. You give me your number. I'll give you a call. We'll talk about it. And he did just aired all that shit out, called everybody out. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. You know, I like it. Um, you know, I hope, I hope that this whole uh, back and forth media drama thing doesn't, like, keep dragging out because I do, like, if if, if the type of shit that's been going on is is, like, kind of getting to him that does kind of concern me a little bit not that like i think it's going to affect his play or anything but i just hope that this doesn't turn into him like requesting a trade in a year because he's tired of fucking like you know whoever the fuck on wip saying some bullshit it's like at some point it's like dude you gotta like stop paying attention to this shit like it's just like stupid media bullshit like it doesn't matter i don't know yeah, but it is. But I do respect like just calling in and being like, <laughs> "Yeah, I'm setting the record straight." Yeah, yeah I love that he called into yeah. WIP. It's just, hey, y'all been talking a bunch of shit about me. He even said, "Yeah, the media." I do think some of his claims against the media are a little uncalled for because there are plenty of Philly media people that are straight up and are honest and are good at their jobs and don't just make things up to make him look bad. But at the same time, there are some certain people who I think he called out. That he's like, yeah, y'all just be making stuff up. I want to be here. Me and Jalen's relationship is fine. Y'all got nothing to talk about. Just move on. I mean, did he need to talk for 20 minutes and have a back and forth? <laughs> yeah. Right. Probably not. But, hey, he wanted to clear yeah. the air, and they had some questions for him. He had a conversation. I, th- I thought, for the most part, he handled that well. Again, I think my only concern is that he kind of just grouped all of the media people together when yeah. well, he's not gonna, there are certain he, bad he's seeds. He's not going to call he out. He can't call them out individually. Out, but yeah. I will he can't say, pull a torts. No, but like, is that, <laughs> I guess the question is then too, is that like, would you rather have a player than either A, get frustrated with what they're hearing from their local city media as a player and do an Instagram story or something like that where they go live and just go on a crazy, weird, unhinged rant about shit or just face the music, call into a local station, and air out their indifferences there and answer questions. I, I, prefer, think, I think I prefer the latter. The, the, yeah, the former think, would be hilarious, but right. it'd be very annoying. I at think the same AJ time. Brown did like what a lot of guys don't own up to doing. And like, you know, you got guys like Debo and shit like that who'd like just go on their Instagram and call shit out and just complain about stuff all the time where he was like, All right, well, let me know when you want to talk. I'll talk and say what I want to say. And I think that that was awesome. I think it's, I, I, I don't know. I've, I think it's very unique what he did. And I don't think, obviously, he had to paint it as like a generalized Philadelphia sports media. But I think those that are listening probably know who they are in the room that are the instigators here that he was calling out. I don't think that he I'm was sure. saying that everybody is an asshole. I think he's just saying that, hey, I know it's a long off season. Don't be trying to look poke at shit. They're trying to build something here and keep what they have together for however long they have it. No sense in calling shit out that doesn't need to be called out just for fucking clickbait is essentially what that shit was about. Yeah, no, exactly. I think we said it last week is some of it was just it's a dead part of the calendar for the Eagles. Yeah, People are just looking for something football related right. to talk about because anytime you talk about the Eagles, regardless of what you say, it pops off and feels like oh, it's, yeah. it's a football town. It yeah. always has been, always will be. <laughs> Excuse me. But at the same time, like have some decorum, you know what I'm saying? You're a paid media person. You're paid to write articles. You're paid to do some reporting. 
at least get it accurate right. from time to time. Like, I'm not... I, how do I want to say this? There are certain things that A.J. Brown did, did, did this year that I certainly did not agree with off the field. On the field, he was fantastic. Oh, he was yeah. awesome. Certainly, there were things he would do off the field sometimes where I'm thinking, eh, that's probably a little unnecessary. I'm not talking to media for several weeks and saying you don't have anything else to say kind of means that you have a lot going on. I mean, you... that's not his job, though. But Especially as... But I, I don't think that I mean, that is as a, is, as no, a player, not. you're expected you're, to address yeah. the media. You can't go six weeks without saying shit. Yes, yeah. the fuck you, star receiver. I think yes, the fuck you can. I think that this whole thing of like after a game, you're expected then, especially in that slump. I get that it. We after, had, after a no, couple I, games, you don't say anything. Six weeks. I yeah, think that that's fine. Just, I, what, and what the is, only thing you're gonna say is what is the, I mean, it just reminds me of when we were talking about the Cutter Gauthier thing, where like he wasn't saying like why he made this decision, blah blah. And it's like, if you just don't say shit, people are going to fill in the blanks with whatever they want and they're going to speculate and this and that. And it's like, at some point, you have to come out and set the record. Well, it's straight. also you AJ Brown like, made it worse by saying, Yeah, I was told if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say nothing at all. Right. Yeah. It's like, Yeah. So you basically imply that you have a lot of mean things and like things on your mind. Yeah. Just don't say that. I, I know. Yeah, it's like I'm not going to kill I'm not going to, you know, kill him for all this stuff, but it's sure like he could have handled all that better. I don't yeah, I think exactly. That's my point. Like, I think that that's all a bunch of bullshit to be honest with you. I think that after a year where he's the number 2 leading receiver in Philadelphia Eagles history only to himself in the only two years he's been in Philadelphia Eagle wide receiver, which is wild. He owns the best receiving yards record and the number two receiving yards record in the season. I think that it's absurd that people get upset that he didn't talk to the fucking media when all season they've been kind of doing some bullshit as well, saying that him and uh, Hertz haven't been on the best relationship and he's a whatever this and that. He didn't owe anybody anything. If he was playing like shit, maybe yeah. And maybe a later part of the season he wasn't doing the best, but the offense wasn't really working, so it's not on him at all. What is he going to say that's going to enlighten everybody else that makes us feel better? Nothing. And I understand that people want people to say things, but I also think it makes sense that we have to also realize that, like, they're doing a job. They get done a crazy-ass game. It hasn't been great for that locker room either to go on that terrible slump that they went on. They don't want to talk to a fucking well, no. me, me with a microphone out there in their face after they just got out the shower. Like, so how do you really feel about this game? What the fuck do you expect them to say? No, I, mean, I just think that the expectation is a little bit far-fetched for these players in the locker room, to be honest. It's almost too much media access at, at some points. You got Howard asking out there, all weird and shit, and they're asking about shit. I ain't talking to this bitch. Yeah, like, I wouldn't what? want to talk to him either. To but my point is, is what I was trying to say initially, is that there are certain media people that aren't going to grill A.J. Brown. They, they're just going to do their job. They're going to do an accurate job reporting. They may or may ask him a couple questions that he might not want to answer. But for him to just lump all of the media together say so, yeah the media sucks and like i don't want to talk to any of these people mm, it doesn't it's not great i don't think that and that again to my point i don't think that he's lumping everybody in there the, the people that he's addressing as a polite scale because he's not going to point out oh i don't like rube or i don't like Derek gunn or i don't like you know xyz he's not going to say that you know who you probably doesn't like though marcus hayes marcus hayes always be on some bullshit well, he sucks well he's, he's always, always ass yeah he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about yeah marcus but... hayes be on that bullshit who else always howard eskin as you said 
apparently he had a beef with Spike Eskin, apparently. Mike Sealski. Yeah. yeah, oh, Sealski's all. Sealski, yeah. Voracek Voracek. used to hate his ass, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was one of the, the best press conferences I've ever seen. Yeah, oh, uh, not that he covers the Eagles, but Anthony D.C. D. San Filippo, yeah, Torch's uh, boy, yeah, Torch, yeah, yeah, that's Torch. In the dog this house is, so there are certainly some media people that like. I think it was a good factory reset. You hit the reset button. Now people understand where he's at, and that's okay. But yeah, that's all I gotta say. Overall, I think it, like, I think it was a good move. I, I yeah. appreciated it. Appreciated the transparency. Yeah, it was good for him to come and like clear the air. And, he's things, playing like, chess. The media's playing checkers. He said, "All right, well, help, help put me on the fucking air then." Yeah, and did can't but, hide from that. Yeah. yeah. Glad he called WIP. That's Philly as hell, though. Hell yeah. <laughs> but, uh, what but, we got in actual Eagles news? Not much. Well, and they were talking at the them. combine. They were talking some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got I got some concerns about Sirianni, our boy. I don't. Think you don't think be... he has the core values in the right order? These core values are ridiculous, <laughs> dude. Like. What are they? Wake up in the morning. What are they? Accountability, competition, or no, it's not competition, it's compete. Compete's a verb, dude. It's not a a noun. Like, most of the core values be nouns, right? Mm -hmm. Accountability is a noun. Football IQ, I guess, is a noun. What else does he have? Compete is some bullshit. I don't even know all of them. I don't know. Uh, I don't I, know any of them. I I didn't know. I, <laughs> honestly, I find that core values for a team is like a a bullshit thing I, I as see, well. I, I think see that some like, so corny. I see something to having values to running your organization, but I don't know, man. He just takes it too far. I, he's well, he, he's saying, yeah, I'm gonna reorganize the core values. He said that at the the press conference after they said he was coming back, I might reorganize them. So then he did, and he said he had connect. And compete were the two most important ones. So he reorganized them. He found the two really means. important ones. Which I will say connect, connect com- and compete are verbs. That's, that's not what a value that even means. Let's something not, you do. Let's not think too much into it though. But based off of the report card that the NFLPA put out though, I will say that if connect and compete, he had to recalibrate whatever. Connect is one because people did find that he wasn't as connected with his players as they would have liked him to be. So it might sound weird from the press box when he's saying, oh, well, I'm going to make it to be my new whatever, two favorite ones. If some players didn't feel as though he was as connecting as he should have been, maybe that's a good self-awareness now to move into the next season with. A lot of guys said that they could feel that he definitely had some favoritism in there and compete. The game plan wasn't really competitive to be able to have a winning team. So hopefully those two things work. Also, if we've learned anything from Nick Sirianni, Typically, when he says some bullshit, good things happen after that. So, you know, yeah, he doesn't, he's not the best with words. We know this. I mean, the guy, you know, he is what he is. Yeah. So, some of the quotes from his combine, just his combine availability, just the big, like, I word salad a lot. I'll be talking sometimes and I'll say a lot, but not really say a lot. Nick Sirianni makes me look very just clear uh, yeah, and concise and succinct. He, he just rambles on. And on, and on, yeah, and on. So yeah, I mean, his press conferences are never the best. But the, well, the biggest concern I had about this one, two concerns, is uh, actually I got this article pulled up. This is from our Brooks Kubena of the Athletic. Um, so this is Sirianni talking about the offense. I think we had figured before mm-hmm. this is going to be Cal Moore's offense. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I had said 
I think Sirianni is going to start meddling too much, being too involved, and it's just going to be ass. So my concern's only raised because according to this Kubena, this is what Sirianni said at the Combine yesterday, I believe, talking about Kellen Moore. He's been highly successful, and we've been highly successful. I'm really looking forward to meshing with what he's what he's done really well with what the things that we've done really well. Again, I think it's going to be a really good match. He goes on to say, we know that, talking about the uh, the Eagles' current coaching staff, mm-hmm. which they retain most of them, we know those are really good coaches, have a lot of faith in them. It's the meshing of those two systems to grow in both systems and put the best product on the field. That's why they kind of stayed similar, because we're going to be doing different things, but also we're going to be doing things we're successful at. So I'm afraid that they're going to keep a lot of these same concepts that are Sirianni concepts, Sirianni coach concepts in the offense. And Kellen Moore's creativity that he's shown can really be a blessing for teams with the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. With, um, I guess, Herbert, with the, with the Chargers before Herbert yeah. got hurt. Um, I'm just afraid we're not really going to see it. And this is going to be too much of Sirianni's offense, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he's the coach. Like I said, I don't know if he's the coach after this next season. I mean, I don't. Th- I mean, I, I don't think they bring on a guy like Kellen Moore to not implement his offense. And like, he, and have they come out and said who's actually calling plays? Have they said like Kellen Moore should be, be calling Kellen Moore. Plays? I don't. I don't know if it's officially been announced, yeah. but I would think Sirianni doesn't want to do that. I yeah. would think part of that meeting with Howie, I'm sorry, with Jeffrey was for them to be like, yeah, you're not calling plays. We need you to really sit back and be a CEO and just trust your coaches. Yeah. I also don't think that, like, it's a hard – the Nick Sirianni that we've seen going to the Super Bowl and losing and then getting a first-round exit in the playoffs, I think that we haven't really – we don't know the offense a year ago was lights out, top three in the whole NFL. You know what I mean? Was that Shane Steichen? We don't know because it's not like the Colts blew out everybody. Like, you know, they lost Anthony Richardson and Minshew did okay, but it's not like they had crazy schemes to do shit with. Uh, you go last year where first eight games of the year, 10, 12 games of the year, they were blowing guys out of the water. Receiving-wise, They could the defense couldn't quite get their legs under them, but they were their offense was efficient and effective. I think a lot of the flack that we heard in this offseason and later part of the year was – gripes that folks had with Brian Johnson not being able to be on the same page. Even Jalen Hurts had some things where like we couldn't call audibles out of things because he just had shit that didn't make sense anyway to be able to change out of it. So I think that saying that you're going to have a blend, it's just a natural thing to say where, of course, Kellen Moore's not going to come in here and have to instill a whole new game plan. That would set back half the offense. So I think that, yeah, you want to dip in, blend a little bit, give a little bit of Kevin Moore in there. Hopefully Kellen Moore can give a little bit more to the run game, maybe run pass game, whatever he decides to do with this team, open up some better receiving routes. But I think it will be a true blend, and I think this will be probably, I think in in the best-case scenario, the most optimal chance for this offense to succeed. I don't think that a blending of offensive schemes – is a negative thing because I think it's hard to pin down what Nick Sirianni's even offensive scheme is. Mm. He's had, under his tutelage at least, we've had the best receiving core we've ever had statistically with a good quarterback and a great O-line. And again, it's hard to tell if that's Sirianni or the O-line or Hurts or having A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith for once. I think we saw what Sirianni's scheme is the first six years of – or first six weeks of 2021 – before uh, they want real run heavy. 
it was a lot of just treating Hurts like he was Philip Rivers, which he isn't. I think yeah. that's a lot of what his scheme is. And I think in some ways we saw some of that this past year where they kind of abandoned the QB run game, just relied on a lot of drop back game, which Hurts wasn't really the most comfortable with. I think they didn't know how to beat a blitz, which hopefully they, if they do keep anything in Colin Moore's system, they keep those blitz beaters and some of that motion. Because I do think that if, in a perfect world, if they really truly mesh the systems where there is there are some blitz beaters, there is some motion, there is a little bit more of like a modern NFL game along with some of the college stuff that Sirianni does, it could work, right? But I'm just afraid that Sirianni is going to take it to, to where it's more 70, 30, 65, 45, or 65, 35, can't do math. His offense in Lassacal Moore's influence, which I think they really need. I think it's going to be a lot of, uh, I, I don't know. I just think that they're going to unleash Kellen more and more so than you think. I think that, I hope, you know, if you look at, if let's say if it was a 65, 35 blend of Brian Johnson and Nick Sirianni, Brian Johnson still ran 63 or 65 screen pass plays all season and had negative some yards. Like if that's all on him, that's okay. But I think that Kellen Moore and Sirianni probably see more eye-to-eye than Brian Johnson did, apparently. Yeah, I think. And the year before we had Brian Johnson, Hurts barely got sacked, got the ball well, that quicker, his knee was hurt. Yeah. Well, we don't – but my point, though, is that, like, there has been a lot of unknowns. If Brian Johnson goes to Washington and lights it up with whoever they have at quarterback, then we'll be like, oh, shit, okay, we fucked up here. But you don't know. It's his third OC, but the team itself is consistent. So if it's a blend, it's a blend. But I would I trust Kellen Moore in that seat than I do Brian Johnson, and I think that whatever they choose to blend in there is going to work out fine. Mm, we'll see, because the only other Sirianni concern I had, and this one's kind of not great, is uh, so the, so the reporters asked Howie first about playing young guys. I'm not going to read. I'm probably not going to read either one of their quotes because I know we're starting to run low on time. And they're long, especially Sirianni's. He's always on that bullshit. Mm-hmm. But uh, essentially, the reporters asked. Howie about playing young guys and how he basically said, yes, yeah, Sirianni and I have talked about it and we recognize that you're going to be in position sometimes where you're going to have to play a young guy who you may or may not be comfortable with in that position. He may make a mistake. You're going to have to live with the, the growing pains because ultimately you're going to need this young guy in a couple of years because you can't just buy, buy, buy. You can't just trade, trade, trade. You got to rely on your player development. Good. I like that answer. Makes sense. I, yeah. I think that's why how he drafts some of the guys he, he'd be drafting, right? That's why mm-hmm. we draft a, a Sidney Brown. Yeah. Even that's probably why we draft Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis, even yeah. though they're disappointed. Big time. You draft them because you, Nolan Smith, you draft them because you, you believe in the pedigree and you want to yeah. see what they can do, right? Derek Barnett. Right. So then Sirianni, they ask him the same question. He says, oh, I don't care if they're young. Middle-aged, old, I'm going to play whoever gives me the best chance to win. If it's an old guy that's playing good, I'm not going to play the young guy. Which, yeah, I get some of that. As a coach, you want to put your team in the best position to win. That's what your goal is. That's what your objective is. At the same time, sometimes you have to play the long game here, right? Yeah. Like, when we were collapsing, losing game after game after game at the end of this season, that probably would have been an ideal time to get Nolan Smith some more snaps. Like, let's be honest. We made the playoffs, but anyone could see we weren't going anywhere. Why right. he was only playing eleven snaps a game, right? And like I don't know. That's my biggest concern is I think there's going to be a clash right between Howie and Nick 
where Howie's going to be like, Jeffrey, I'm drafting all these guys. I'm trying to make sure that we develop players and him and his coaching staff aren't doing it. Nick's going to be like, yeah, Jeffrey, you want me to win, right? I'm trying to win. So I'm playing these old guys. Jeffrey's going to have to decide. So, you know what I'm saying? Nick, you're playing these older guys. I hear that. You want to win. Howie, you drafted these younger guys. I hear that. You want to develop them. What do I do? I think that's why you're bringing uh, two heavy set coordinators, though. You're bringing a guy like McFanju who has experience with developing players and having a good defensive scheme, and you're bringing a guy that's at least a more high-powered offensive scheme in in Kellen Moore. But time will tell when they draft and see what they do, and you see what happened with Kelsey and and Cox and with uh, Hassan Reddick, too, coming in there. But I think that, you know, it's a long offseason. It's already getting a little murky in the water for the yeah, birds. Yeah, this has been a cantankerous offseason already. Yeah. I kind of like it. We got yeah. free agency in a couple weeks yet. Mm-hmm. The stove is hot. But yeah, I guess that's it for the birds. Do we want to talk about the Phillies or are we up against uh, it? We're kind of up against it. There's not much to talk about the Phillies. I'd rather Jordan, just... I don't like Jordan Montgomery, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, not a fan. Nah. I, I mean... haven't really... I don't really have much of an opinion. I haven't looked into it as much because I feel like it's a simulator guy who we don't end up signing. They made him so, an offer, though? Uh, I saw that somewhere that they extended uh, some kind of offer to him. Well, he's basically Ranger Suarez. I'll read these stats off real quick. We don't get to spend too much time on it. So, actually, I'll let you guess. So, player A, 38-34, and 34, a 3.680 a one two one whip. Um, I can't even read my own numbers here. Uh, 1.1 home runs per nine and 8.4 Ks per nine. Player B, 29 and 21, a 3.41 ERA, a 1.31 whip, 0.8 home runs per nine, 8.1 Ks per nine. So one of them is Ranger, one of them is Jordan Montgomery? Yeah. Uh, I'll say player A is Ranger. Nah, player A is Jordan Montgomery, player B is Ranger, but they're very close, right? Yeah, pretty similar. So, like... I mean, hey, you could do worse than having another Ranger Suarez. Yeah, to be honest. I mean, like, then I have Chris Sanchez's (laughs) numbers here from last year, which are better than either of them. And apparently he's been killing it so far in spring training and, like, the workouts and whatnot anyway. I don't think we need him not to spend, like, whatever Bellinger just got, like, $27 a year. Nah, miss me with that, dude. Yeah, He can go play somewhere else. He's 31, Ranger and Chris Sanchez, 27. Yeah. Let the young guys play, dude. Let Mick Abel develop. He was looking good the other day. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, that, that, that's – I just had to say that. Once you said, yeah, they, like, extended him an offer, I had those stats ready just in case. And, he said, let me get my little notepad out. Hold on now. Yeah, we don't bring him in here. But, yeah, we can talk about uh, Cafe Illuminati. Yeah, what are they the called? Wonka, Wonka <laughs> Fest. What are they called? Uh, the, the company is called, um, House of Illuminati. House of Illuminati. I said <laughs> Cafe Illuminati. Yeah. House ha- of Illuminati. Over House of Gucci. We got House yeah, of Illuminati. Yeah, we're, uh, we're a satanic ritual LLC doing children of, children's events. But yeah, so if, if you guys, if you all haven't heard, there is a, uh, a, a little event over the weekend in Glasgow, Scotland, um, a Willy Wonka themed sort of uh I don't even know what you Warehouse, call it. Willy Wonka meets warehouse meets K and A. I guess I would call it an attraction. Yeah. 
it was intended to be an attraction. It's far from it. Yeah. Yeah, those pictures that the It attracted thing, people though. It did attract. It, it looked so sad it, though. It did hit the goal, but it was ass. Yeah, that looked butt, dude. That looked so sad. It just looked like a warehouse with I like, mean, the a couple fact things that these in parents it. got got though too with like the all the fucking words yeah. that were misspelled on the fucking main thing. I'll read a little bit from this article. Um, this is from uh, Danielle Cohen in The Cut. Uh, Scottish parents are beefing with a company that calls itself House of Illuminati <laughs> after the immersive w- Willy Wonka experience turned out to be not much more than an empty warehouse. <laughs> Based on the event's website, which is filled with old-fashioned illustrations and AI-generated images, they were expecting the following. An enchanted garden where children could pick uh, an assortment of kooky beans to take home, (laughs) an imagination lab featuring optical illusion projections, and a twilight tunnel presumably designed to evoke that creepy boat ride that Wonka takes them in the movie. Uh, Instead, they found a slapdash collection of cheap props, poorly hung backgrounds, transforming the bare-bones space into a scammy haunted house. (laughs) One attendee described it as an abandoned empty warehouse. Another reported that the entire walkthrough took five minutes. It was supposed to be an hour and was so bleak that some of the kids started crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so they had to cancel it. They, uh, The police were called. That's the funniest thing. Why would you call the police? What are they going to do? It was probably terrible. They probably thought people were just like, I don't know. Yeah. The company's director, Billy Cole. Uh, apologized on the news uh, and blamed the mess on holographic paper that hadn't arrived on time, leaving them unable to execute the absolutely fabulous technology they had in store. Holographic paper? Yeah, what? Yeah, I don't know what that is. What is that? They had one thing that I saw. It was just a banner, like these black, whatever these are here behind us, and it was like a sheet of like just candy canes in the field. I saw saw that one. What the fuck? What is going on over here? Yeah, this goes on. Uh, elsewhere, actors who are saddled with hamming it up for the disappointed kids have offered more details on yeah, how this the guy we dysfunctionally it all here. came together. Uh, Paul Connell, yep. one of the several poor guys <laughs> who had to play Willy Wonka, <laughs> yeah. recalled being sent, quote, 15 pages of AI-generated gibberish ahead of time that involved a villain called The Unknown. <laughs> quote, <laughs> An evil chocolate maker who lives in the walls. <laughs> at, one, at one point during Friday's dress rehearsal, he was told to uh, suck up the unknown man with a vacuum cleaner. But since no one had figured out how to get a vacuum prop, he was instructed to just improvise. <laughs> so, the unknown. Oh, my God. It's so good. Uh, let's see. The day, uh, the day of the event, the actors apparently came to terms with the pro- uh, probability that they wouldn't get paid and tried to make the best of it for the kids. One cast member says they were told to uh, hand the kids a couple jelly beans and a quarter cup of lemonade at the end. That I don't know if you – there was this one picture on the on the CNN article that showed the – just a ta- just like a, a folding table like that you play <laughs> yeah. beer pong on. It just had a bunch of plastic cups. With a quarter cup of lemonade. <laughs> and then I guess they were handing the kids that and then, t- like, two jelly beans. They got one jelly bean. Like, as, the if, hell? like as if they were in line at the mental institute <laughs> to, like, get their pills. Like, what are you rationing jelly beans? They only get two? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's a jelly bean, here's for Christ's your, sake. Yeah, here's your, your, your state-sanctioned jelly bean and lemonade lunch. Absolutely terrifying. As yeah, a kid. this is the fire fest for kids, dude. This, that's this exactly is exactly how they is. describe it. Yeah, 
Uh, one cast member says they were told to uh, hand out a couple jelly beans and a quarter cup of lemonade at the end. Uh, Connell ended up having to play Willy Wonka for three hours without a break. <laughs> uh, in parentheses, he says, uh, I didn't know where I ended and Wonka began. <laughs> and, <laughs> And after finally eating lunch in his car to avoid the sight of crying children, <laughs> he and a few other actors went home, concerned about the angry crowd of parents outside. In some ways, Connell says, it was a world of imagination. Like, imagine that there is a whole chocolate factory here. <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up, man. Scotland. I think, do it. dude, I, and I think the, the big thing, the big takeaway with this for me is the fact that so much of uh, the planning was just done with AI. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like we're just uh, entering into a new age of half-baked, stupid, uh, wannabe entrepreneur, entrepreneur ideas. Big time. That normally would just be dead in the water the minute they thought about it for two seconds. But now we're in a position where it's like, oh, we don't have someone to do this. Oh, AI. We don't. We can't do this. Well, just get AI to do it, and so we're gonna see more of these just uh, like cocaine-brained like oh, business ideas actually come to like half fruition because of uh, you know generative AI or whatever. You, you can make a script and things like that, but they can't. I'm dying build... to get a, my hands on the whole script. I really hope someone they can't leaks it. Make a Willy Wonka factory. So Fifteen like, pages. Yeah, the unknown. I love the unknown. The the evil chocolate maker. Which what the fuck. <laughs> That lives like, in the wall. It's like it lives uh, in the walls. Why is, is he that in the just walls? like a little gnome that's hiding, crawling up a know. hole? What did you see? There was the video going around of they where they had the guy in like a cloak and all the, all of the, the costumes. Mask. All the costumes looked like they were just bought at Halloween Adventure. Yeah, the, yeah. I saw the Willy Wonka one. He didn't. Yeah, that was, was probably one of the better ones. The Oompa yeah, Loompa yeah. with the meth lab. Oh yeah, the Oompa. Some haggard-looking woman with a green wig. Imagine though being like a parent, like just trying to. Be as positive as possible, but like, no, no, like it's okay. Oh like, God, this is yeah. okay. Like, I'll the be... tickets cost 40, 35 pounds, which is about forty four dollars. Yeah, I'd be terrified too as a parent, though. I'm not gonna. Yeah, lie. I read one article. I read this lady had two kids. She spent like eighty eight or eighty eight bucks, seventy pounds, eighty eight bucks. She's saying, yeah, my kids were clearly like distraught. Me and my <laughs> husband just had to put on like a smile on our face and try to yeah. make them feel like it was okay. She's like, yeah, I could tell it wasn't okay. I, the uh, like just the way these pictures looked, it it looked like how they were just these uh, you know sparsely scattered around props in this big warehouse. It it looked like um, like a warehouse that was storing props for a movie that never got made, or like a and it was a, like a high just, school prop show. Did, yeah, yeah. Like, they just like, like didn't uh, didn't. Yeah, it was like. Uh, how someone would decorate their high school prom right. or something. Or like when, like you can, prom when you can see every like stage of the process, you're like, well, this doesn't do it for me here. Like, I can see it. Willy Wonka's over here, the meth lab, uh, Oompa Loompa's over here, the weird guy with the silver mask with the gold cloak is over here, which makes no sense. Like, it, I don't know, man. They got got, but shout out to that man for <laughs> yeah, making some money. Was going around of the guy who I, who I guess was supposed to be the unknown, the evil chocolate maker. Just coming out in this in this black cloak with this weird mask on. I mean, he like, was unknown. Fuck? Yeah, what the? I, and then you just see these kids like running away from it. That's yeah. just no dress rehearsal right there, and it shows. No, it it also like it feels like um like someone just had this idea and was really like fucked up one night and put like some things in motion, like put out the casting calls, rented the space. 
And then it was two days before it, and he was like, oh, shit, I forgot that I did that. And I mean, the guy, that, the guy that played Willy Wonka was like, yeah, I'm a struggling comedian. So, like, I was excited to hear that, like, I got cast in the lead role for Willy Wonka. And then yeah. he got the script, and he's like, fuck, I got got here. Like, this, he, he even played the actors And he there. didn't even get paid. No. It's ridiculous. Distraught. He got yeah. paid in just miserable memories and PTSD. The kids dressed as Oompa Loompas yeah. crying and screaming at them. People got scammed by a company called the House of Illuminati. I mean, the yeah. ad itself was just pitiful. Even, what the, it say? even the apology had typos What did it say? It? Tasty teats? It didn't even say treats. It was like, have some tasty teats. It was like, what? And they still bought this shit. Yeah, I mean, you saw the advertisements. It's clearly that like AI generated look where everything's just very smooth and kind of makes weird no looking. sense. Those people yeah. deserve to get caught. Just my opinion. They do. You well, fall for glass, that stuff. You know, I mean, it's Scotland. They don't got a whole. whole they lot have going technology on over, there. over there. Yeah, they, <laughs> they got a whole lot. AI is. They got a whole lot going on. They're like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go see Willy Wonka, kids. Mm. Got them. It's their problem, not mine. I would never fall for that. Yeah, that was very funny. Well, <laughs> I guess that's just going to do it for us here tonight, everybody. Please leave us a five-star rating and review every other podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. Subscribe and Facebook. on YouTube and Facebook. Yep. Keep forgetting about Facebook. Uh, send us an email at citywidepod at gmail.com. And for all of us here at the Citywide, good morning, good afternoon, good night. Peace. See you.